...the Joe of an exhausted packhorse. He watched through the window of his study, through the tangle of honeysuckle branches. Eventually, a woman climbed out. She stared and stared at the house, while still clinging to the open door as if it was a shield. Joe was prepared for this not to be Tess. She looked nothing like the people who had house-sat for him in the past. But now she was walking around to the other side of the car, opening the door, leaning in, rummaging. And when she reappeared, Joe thought, Oh, for fuck's sake. But even from this distance, her look of awe placated him. Suddenly, he wasn't staring at his worst nightmare, but at a scene from Thomas Hardy as she stood timidly on the weathered slab of doorstep, like a peasant girl braving the estate of the squire. Joe hastened to open the door before she rang the bell, fearing the old mellow clang would all but finish her off. Hello, he said. Are you Tess? Over the phone she'd sounded older, somehow bigger. He hadn't accounted for strikingly amber eyes darting from behind an overgrown fringe. Despite the droop of brown hair, he could see that her features were fine, her skin porcelain pale. She was not tall, and her slimness diminished her further, yet she stood square and defensive. Joe wondered why she would drench her frame with a drab hooded sweatshirt. He saw that her jeans were scruffy and her trainers scuffed. He thought about first impressions and why she would choose to turn up looking like this. Previous house-sitters arrived spruce and professional. Well, Tess, I'm Joe. From his brusque manner on the phone, she had him down as a suit-and-tie dour businessman, much older, sterner. She hadn't considered his wardrobe to contain jeans and a well-worn grey woollen turtleneck, nor that he'd answer the door shoeless. Least of all, did she expect a handsome face, even if it did need a shave. Good hair, she noted, for someone in his, say, late forties? Thick, short, salt and pepper, dark eyes. You never said anything about a child, he said. He watched her freeze, shift the infant higher on her hip, suck in her bottom lip and knit her brow. Oh, Christ, she's not going to cry, is she? But her eyes darkened as a scorch of indignation crossed her cheeks. And you never said anything about a dog, she retorted. Wolf had been standing casually at Joe's side. Tess glanced at him with distaste, noting that his coat appeared to be fashioned from the same material as Joe's jumper and socks. Or was it vice versa? I could be allergic. And are you? No, but that's not the point. Maybe I'm allergic to children. No one's allergic to children. Wolf is a soppy old thing. Does he come with the job, then? Yes. Does he like children? He prefers pedigree chum. Tess clamped down on a smile, wanting to invent a moral high ground despite knowing she was in the wrong because she hadn't, on purpose, told him about her eighteen-month-old daughter, had she? Whereas he simply hadn't thought to mention his enormous, ugly dog. She knew little about dog breeds, but she very much doubted that Wolf was anything other than a mutt. 
Surely no one would actively breed dogs to look sewn together, in big clumsy blanket stitch from a melange of various elements, animate and inanimate. He had one blue eye and one brown, which gave his face a lopsided look, enhanced further by him being apparently unable to keep his tongue in his mouth. Shall I come in? she asked more jauntily, because she feared the job offer might be rescinded. Joe wondered how old she was. Thirty? Or possibly late twenties and just tired. Sure, come in. He turned and walked into his house. Nice doggy, he could hear her saying in a voice that was for the baby's benefit and not Wolf's. Nice doggy. He heard the infant attempt to emulate her mother's words. It was a very odd sound to hear in the house. Joe had been the last baby here, and that was for.